0: 7654321 never have these stone. <laughs> Oh this new crazy mother
1: Welcome friends to episode 133 of Color of Magic Imagine Gaming Podcast where we talk about all types of issues at and away from your gaming tables and computers I am your host Daquan Watson, and I got my man Brian Allen still here for 133 episodes. How's it going, dude?
0: It is going well. Uh, got just had all my uh, random
1: annual physical battery test, and hey, I'm I'm, I'm not dead yet. So that. that's good, but you know what? I got some of that done. I guess like six months ago or so, and. The doctor was like, Well, you know, you're getting at that age. We gotta check first, make sure you ain't got diabetes or yeah, hypertension yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I came back clean and I was like, Man, I'm gonna keep eating gummy bears. Like it's it's yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> dude, for real, because I eat gummy, like people I, I generally people ask me, like, what do you do to stay in shape? Or I said, dude, I get out, I walk a couple times a week, I eat lots of gummy bears. For real. Maybe it's the gelatin in them or something, but I literally my favorite store in the mall is a candy store that sells all variety of stuff. And I go in and get like two pounds of gummy bears to hold me over for a few weeks. That's what I go do there. So you do disc
0: golf, too, right? Uh, I did, haven't much done it I know. since I moved. I haven't done it yeah. since
1: I moved. But disc golf was good exercise just to walk through the parks and stuff. Truthfully, I recommend it to anybody who wants low impact exercise that gives you an excuse to just get out, see new parks in your area Spend an hour and a half, two hours playing through a round. Totally worth it. And you meet some cool people out there. But this week, man, we have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, we do. Y'all, for real, this is one of those weeks where we probably cut like four topics. I mean, there was was a lot. So lots of things coming on this one. But before we get to it, let's pay some love to our folks over at Cardsphere.com because they're just awesome people, man. They're they're really good. They support lots of up-and-coming magic content creators. But most importantly, if you want to sell cards or if you want to buy cards, you can do it at the price you want on their site. Dead serious, you can go on looking for anything you need for your binder, trades, whatever. Go on there. You can set the price you want to buy something at. Or you can just look to see who wants your cards, and you can just sell it to the highest bidder or whatever. It's really cool. Go check it out. They are Cardsphere.com. And then, of course, if you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash color of magic. Just like one, and I'm going to wreck this name, and I'm apologizing, but Guyan Sennaveratna. Actually, I know I said that wrong. It's Sennaveratna. There you go. Now I got it right. But they've been a patron since March 21, so they've they've come over the one-year mark. Right. We appreciate that. Yeah, so thanks for coming along for the ride. We appreciate it. And then, of course, you can go over to color of slash shop and pick up some tokens and playmats that rep the show. If you want to show some love as you get out to events and we're going to have some new ones coming done up in the uh, flavor of New Penna. So you're going to get some uh, 20s themed tokens that we should have up there. I'm hoping within the next I'm going to say 10 to 14 days, but uh, we'll see. We're working on it. I should yeah, have the see? proofs here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> see? No, we should have the, the proofs here, I think, in another couple days. And then it takes about a week, I think, to get them printed and shipped. So after that, we'll have them available for everybody. But let's hop into the show, man, because we got a lot of stuff to cover here. And, man, this first one, this is literally what Twitter sounded like this week. <laughs> I mean... Here's the thing. Okay, first off, let me say, I don't really care for billionaires as much, any, as much as the next person, right? We know they could be doing much better, nicer things with their money other than, like, I don't know, trying to go to the moon or whatever the hell they're doing these days. But Elon Musk buying Twitter, right? People flipping out. I'd be like, ah, he bought Twitter. That's it. I'm, I'm leaving Twitter. They're like, first off, you ain't. You're full of crap, and you're saying it for engagement. Let's be honest. We probably saw thousands of people saying it. Something like 5% are probably actually going to quit. And the ones that are, again, probably already had one foot out the door anyway. So shut up. Like, you ain't gonna do it. The other is where the hell are you gonna go? Like, really, you're gonna go to Tumblr? You going to go to MySpace? I mean, if you if you're trying to dodge billionaires, you sure as hell ain't going back to Facebook. So like, so where the hell are you gonna go? Cloud, is cloud still a thing? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> so what you like, all of these are owned by dumb billionaires. Let's be honest. Like, it, it is what it is.
0: Truth social, baby. Truth social. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, you can go hang out. What was that thing? Whatever Trump had, you can go hang out with. Yeah, them that's it. That's, right? it. that's it.
0: That's it. It's truth social. Yeah. yeah, whatever
1: that is. Go, go do that thing, right? But, but the truth that, like, I get it. Like, like, ah, he's gonna push for free speech. Come on, he he can only go push so far. We all know that, right? It's not like you're gonna be running around with people with like I don't know, child porn and racism everywhere because like then nobody's just gonna use the platform. You lose money.
0: he's gonna push whatever makes elon musk the most money and that's that's what i'm
1: coming back to though the real play here that i don't think i've seen anybody talk about is he basically paid some percentage more than what twitter was really worth honestly because he paid a premium on on all the shares that he bought but if that's the case there has to be a money play to it right you're not going to go drop 45 billion just to go you know what i'm going to full-scale wipe everything and we're starting over Like, that's not, that's stupid. Nobody's going to do that. It was the same thing, Witches of the Coast bought D&D and everybody's like, oh, they're just buying it so they can kill it. I'm like, why? If you thought it was doing bad, you just let it die on the vine. What the hell? You're not going to pay a premium to buy something just to kill it? That's stupid. Same thing your here. If son, something's
0: already dying, you don't have to pay money to, to
1: kill it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, this is the thing. If he's spending this much money, I mean, literally, whatever it was, $45 billion. There is a financial play he is setting up for. Now, it might just be, I don't know, with this Starlink Internet stuff, it might have something to do with Tesla or whatever, but he might just want all the contacts that come with Twitter. He might want to advertise all this stuff through Twitter because that's the most efficient way to do it. And if his bottom line said, well, we were going to spend over the next, I don't know, 10 years, we were going to spend some $10 billion of advertising anyway, then Okay, we can do that and we can just own the thing and then we make money off of it instead of spending the money on it. All right, cool. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. But there's something else here. But the other thing is, too, people seeing people that like one want to do nothing but drag the dude and then the other half do nothing but defend the dude. I'm just like those both feel equally ignorant to me. Because you can have somebody... Like, I do believe, on some level, Elon Musk does believe some of the stuff he's doing is going to be for the betterment of humanity. Like, discovering what's on Mars, building more electric cars to get away from biofuels. You know, I do think he believes that on some level. However, you can also be a person who's done some awful things. You could come from a family that has a bad history with some diamond mines. Like, you can do... Like, all these things can be true. So, like, it's... It's like a lot of things we have on the show, right? We we know there's multiple sides of things, and we talk about those. But to just, like, I don't know, just the knee-jerk reaction of, like, I bought Twitter, I said, I'm out of here, I'm going to quit, blah, blah. And, you know, I have to see all these dumb posts about Elon Musk for 48 hours. It's just, why? Ain't nothing changed. We literally know nothing about anything to do other than him wanting to add an edit button to Twitter. <laughs> Which, to be honest, an edit button being there for the first, like, 30 seconds after you post a thing, Cause you realize like your voice to speech text didn't work or you fat fingered one thing or something. I'm kind of down with that.
0: Yeah. That's the up thing you should have been there at the
1: beginning. Up to a minute after I post. And then after that, it is what it is. So it shows up, you get a chance to proofread it or whatever. And like, and yes, you can proofread it before you post it. But you know, crap happens, whatever. So like, if you give me that cool, that's an upgrade. Like, I ain't got a problem with that. That's a good thing. But beyond that, I'm on a wait and see thing, man. People have been asking my opinion, like, what do you think about Elon Musk buying Twitter? I'm like, I ain't got nothing to base it on. Do you like Twitter or hate Twitter right now? Okay, cool. It's the same thing today as it was yesterday. Nothing's happened yet. So, like, just pump the brakes and chill. Let's see what happens first. Because the truth is, there are some communities that are super tied to Twitter that ain't going to magically just go away overnight anyway. And magic's one of them. Right, a bunch of stuff goes down for magic and a bunch of conversation gets started, a bunch of artists share stuff there or whatever. You're not just leaving Twitter instantly if you're engaged in one of those communities. It's the same thing on Tumblr. Even when Tumblr fell apart, there were some communities that couldn't immediately leave Tumblr yet. They had to slowly migrate to other platforms because too many people were engaged in those communities on that platform. So the same thing would happen here on Twitter. Like, even if we don't like some of the decisions he's making, nobody's gonna wholesale leave overnight, right? It's gonna be a six-month, 12-month process for people to figure out what new platform they want, how many people, like it's going to be some number of your top, most engaged people moving over to it, or the most followed people moving over to it. That's going to cause everybody else to go. So it's going to be a whole process. So just like, hold up, pump your brakes. Let's wait and see what happens. We'll go from there. But yes, people can both do good things and be bad people or vice versa. And those are real things. So just, Let's be fair in our criticisms and let's slow down. And honestly, all you're doing by constantly commenting on a person, whatever, is you're letting that person dominate the headlines. So if you just talk about them less, they'll be in your feed less because that's how social media and algorithms work. All right, I'm done.
0: All right. As uh, as we have seen, Sony has its kind of, you know, Spider-Man adjacent <laughs> cinematic universe. And uh, this week they announced, hey, we are doing a Spider-Man universe set movie with a Latin lead. It was like, oh, great. Finally, we're going to get Miles Morales. No, it's not Miles Morales. Oh, it's going to be uh, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara. No, it's not going to be Miguel O'Hara.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Then what the hell we got? Yeah, okay, uh, Sony, who's it going to be? El Muerto, as the collective Spider-Man uh, universe fandom goes, who exactly is El Muerto? El Muerto didn't even have a book. Right? El Muerto, for, yeah, I had, I've been reading Spider-Man comic books since I was old enough to read. I had to look this up also. El Muerto is a villain that appeared in two Spider-Man comics, about 16 years ago. Yeah, that didn't even make sense. And oh, by the way, he'll be played by Bad Bunny in the movies. This is already starting to sound like something that like they were just kind of almost a bunch of you to rule. Like, what do the Latin people like? Bad Bunny. <laughs> they love Bad Bunny. Okay, damn, man. Like,
1: <laughs> of all the things, all the characters they could write stories about. Like, hell, Spider-Man especially had so many different side characters, villains, right. whatever, that you could do. So Why that one?
0: This feels like they wanted to do a project that, you know, that had Aladdin lead and was set again in the Spider-Man universe so they could have that some kind of tie in. But they didn't want to split any of the money with Marvel Comics. <laughs> Because I don't, know. I don't think you're getting away with doing Miles Morales or probably uh, Spider-Man 2099 without Marvel getting at least a little of the check. And I feel like part of their,
1: I feel like part of their agreement, though, is Marvel gets a piece anyway. It's part of their agreement. So Could I, be. I don't I... even know if that matters. Like that's so weird. Why Alberto? Like I'm just like I'm so stuck on that. Like. I just feel like there's so many other characters. you could, Even if you did it from the perspective of just, like, the newspaper, right? And then, like, we're tracking all the events that happen through the city with, like, all the villains breaking stuff and the heroes. And, you know, like, and I don't know, even that would be cool. But, like, yeah, just. This just seems,
0: seems like a weird one because, again, people were. We, we've been waiting for Miles Morales for like, ever since they started making Spider-Man movies. Even the current Spider-Man, Tom Holland, has said that. You know, by the time he finishes this, he expects Miles Morales to be on the canvas. Now, nobody, you know, at Sony or Marvel has confirmed that. That's just what the actor has said he would like and what he expects.
1: But right now, it's just like, OK, you even have like Moon Knight. You've got Morbius. You have like, but at least all those characters, even though some of their books sucked, like <laughs> you, yeah. you at least had like some small series for a year or two. You know what I mean? Like some number of fans are out there like I. I'd be shocked if El Marto has more than 20 fans out in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like why? Like this this is literally when studios say, oh, well, we can't make certain movies because they're not profitable, whatever. Like, you have a pile of money sitting on the table and you pushed it back and you're like, nah, I got a better idea, fam. Like, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, because like- that, that's what always <laughs> th- that's what always, you know, makes me feel bad. Is where, like, for example, the, the New Mutants movie, which turned out to be just terrible. And, you know, somebody's going to say, oh, well, you know why I failed? It's because, uh, you know, we had uh, we had doc- that Dr. Cecilia Reyes' character. You know, they just say these.
1: these, these. Bro, that, let's that's be real, though. Those. <laughs> I remember pre-COVID, when I'm in the movie theater, and this is probably like a year prior to COVID, I saw that first ad run on that movie, and I'm like, what movie we is this or, this? or whatever. I remember. It's about the New Mutants stuff, right? And they're doing... All this stuff, you see the powers kind of going off. You see this weird thing in this, like, psych ward, whatever. And then it gets to the end and has, like, horror movie font of, like, new mutants. And I was like, what? Like, the fact that you got all the way to the end and not even once did I go like, oh, this is probably one of those new Marvel movies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you were so far off that nerds sitting there were looking at that. And we got to the end and went, what? Like, I knew that thing was doomed to fail.
0: In fairness, I would love to see a Marvel movie that does treats, you know, getting mutant powers as more of the body horror than it probably would be in most cases. But I would agree with you. No, they, they
1: they did not achieve the assignment. Oh, that approach was so bad. And then I saw they pushed it back to do rewrites and whatever. And then it was still bad. Yeah. So I'm like, you didn't even fix anything that everybody hated in the previews. You fixed all the other things. And it's just like, ah, still bad, still bad. So, yeah, I don't know where those decisions come from. But I will say this, though, since you brought up Bad Bunny. Maybe they've known about this for a while because Bad Bunny appeared in two wrestling events.
0: Yeah, that might have been why he was learning how to wrestle. That could have been part of his training for this character. And by the way, let me say Bad Bunny was really good at those wrestling events. So this, yeah. is not, this is not not us throwing shade. I mean, multiple people are saying that he is one of the best celebrity guests that they have ever had at WrestleMania.
1: Honestly, if it wasn't for Pat McAfee, I would have said Bad Bunny would have been the best celebrity wrestler they've had in probably the last at least decade. Yeah. I think you got
0: to go back almost to LT, you know, before. Yeah.
1: And to be fair to McAfee, he at least owns a wrestling ring that he practices in regularly. So, like. He had training, you know,
0: and it's probably not a coincidence that two of the best ones were pro football players. That cause That's just a natural. That's what probably better than half of the pro wrestlers were at least college level football players anyway. So it's always been a kind of natural transition.
1: Yeah, but they can take bumps. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's interesting, man. I, so I, in me throwing, I mean, uh, after everything I've
0: said, I still hope the movie succeeds somehow.
1: Exactly. Like, the it sounds at least somewhat interesting. So, it's not like you gave it a terrible story or anything. You just chose a weird character to be the centerpiece of it. So, we'll see. I mean, Marvel's been doing other things with B and C-list characters. So, you know, we'll see. Which reminds me, I gotta get caught up on Moon Knight. I only saw the first episode or two, and now I gotta watch the rest. Because I'm, like, at least two weeks behind. I
0: I am too, and I, I, I've enjoyed the couple of episodes that I watched, so yeah, I definitely do want to get caught up on that.
1: All right, Brian, you know what time it is. Oh, Why yeah. don't we get to tell people the ridiculous, weird, interesting, fun things that we learned this week?
0: All right, we have some big news from the Dead by Daylight community. And if you're not familiar with Dead by Daylight, it's kind of a... Four uh, v one horror themed game where one player plays the uh, the the monster or the killer includes you know famous horror movie characters such as Michael Myers, Pinhead, etc. And the other four players are the people the survivors tried to escape the killer in a horror movie. And we have learned from uh, Behavior Interactive, the the creators of Dead by Daylight, that uh, David King, one of the survivors, is gay. And before they before they made this reveal, they went and actually talked to an organization called Gamer X that, you know, works on works on queer representation in in gaming and, and that kind of media. And they found out that, you know, before before really very much lore had been given people were kind of had the committee had all kind of already adopted David King. They were doing fan fiction about David King being gay and kind of just from the little lore that they had been given in the video game, the community had decided they thought David King was gay. <laughs> so uh, behavior editor said, well, since the community has already embraced this character, we're going to make it an official part of our lore that David King is gay. And we're going to, we're going to go with that. And you will be seeing as a, as they go on in the future, you'll be finding out more of his backstory. So sounds like a big move for them. And so far, a lot of
1: people are excited about it. That's really interesting because like, it's weird. I'm in a weird spot here, right? Because I'm, I'm not a representative of the visible gay community, whatever, but neither am I like on the one hand, I'm like, it's cool that there's a gay character and like, you know, if that means something and it's representing you, it's cool that it's there and they're talking about it and it's a thing. The other part of me is like, but when are we really going to show that and know that the character's gay in the game? Because the game doesn't really do that you know what i mean there's not you're not really interacting with other characters other than like helping people from not dying whenever whenever they get stabbed or whatever each
0: each character does have a bio that explains how they ended up in this weird parallel dimension so there's and they're going to as they dig deeper into his lore they're going to explain but because the the part of the part of the lore that made people kind of start going down this path was he's he's a rich kid they kept saying there was this uh there's this problem with his family that kind of made him an outcast, but they never really have said exactly what that was. So, Uh, ah, okay. That's kind of what I guess led, led the community to embrace him and kind of start suspecting that that might be where the can, apparently that wasn't where behavior was going. That's just kind of the community picked up on what they felt was coding. And here we are.
1: Okay. I I could get behind that. That's cool. And you know, it's neat. If you can find a way to just like make things, normalize things. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good spot. All right. Well, with that said, mine's a little more sciencey on this one, and and an unbelievable. And I don't, and this is a thing that apparently has been known for a little bit. And I feel bad because I've I went through a phase where I was learning about big cats and different things, and so, for some reason this never came across my radar. But as it turns out, jaguars get high. And like say what No. <laughs> Yeah. Like like there's members like, of the Jacksonville
0: Jaguars football team, that wasn't oh, no, no. talking we're, about. You're actual... talking about the
1: big spotted leopard-like things. Okay, but there's a I guess it's a classification of plant or chemical called B. cappy c a a p i, also known as yagi Y-A-G-E, or the ayahuasca vine. So it has a bunch of different names, but basically what it is is it's a it's a plant that I guess. And they don't know 100%, but they're assuming that the jaguars eat this to help them either with digestion or to throw something up or whatever, right? That they they have figured out this aids their digestion in some level. But the side effect of it is the plant is a hallucinogenic, so you end up with jaguars rolling around with their eyes glazed over that look like big cats, and it's the weirdest damn thing. Like, literally, you see them on their back, you know, doing that thing where they, like, paw at the air and they're making biscuits or whatever. <laughs> just, like, literally, it's, it's, it's the most random thing on a cat that size. Like, it is so wild. Like, seriously, go look it up. There's videos out there and everything. I don't know how I didn't know this was a thing, but now you also know that jaguars get high. And apparently it's just normal for them. I don't know how they don't get attacked or how other jaguars don't beat them up and, like, usurp their... Ch- spot in the chain or whatever while they're high but they just don't they it's just just the way it is it's very strange
0: i'm two years late for this joke but i don't care you know who's responsible for this
1: carol and baskin yeah exactly (laughs) carol baskins (laughs) Oh man, that I still can't, but the, I still never watched that. And people are amazed, but I said, dude, I remember reading that story in real time. Cause yeah. I had friends and family that were involved in the zoo community and stuff. So like, I knew the whole story before the, the thing even came out, but that's such a weird thing, man. That, that, that's a story like, and lucky for them. Cause like I said, I honestly believe their timing was, we talk a lot on the show about timing Yeah. and them releasing that right around the beginning of COVID. And people are looking for just like a series to follow through on or something to watch. Yeah. Oh, they got so much more reach than they would have ever gotten on that. And it's uh, you know for the for the if they
0: if it had come out you know before meme culture also it's the most memeable series perhaps in history. <laughs>
1: just... Yeah. I don't know. Every time I hear a name, I think about that dude that did a little rap on YouTube. Phantom yep. the Tigers, they snacking. Carol right? Askins. <laughs> Uh, funny song too y'all need to go look that up just put up I, just, I think you can search like carol baskin's rap on youtube and you'll yeah. find the one i'm talking about oh man but yeah hi tigers man Hi jaguars that's just wild that's i don't know it. why it's a thing i just know it's a thing but anyway let's tackle some news so we've Posted, or actually, we talked about the story a couple, I guess it's been about a month ago now, maybe two months. Man, time's going by fast. But yeah. anyway, uh, this investment firm, I guess is what they'd be classified as, uh, AltaFox had reached out and said, Hey, we think that Hasbro's doing a bad job and they're only looking good because of Wizards of the Coast. And we think if you peeled off Wizards of the Coast, we could invest in that and we can make it better and help everybody make more money, which basically read as, We think we can make more money if you do this. And we want to be in control of it. So we want to put some of our people on your board uh, and all this other stuff. Well, Hasbro was like, we'll talk about it. Well, here we are this week on the 25th. And Hasbro said, you know, we talked about it. And uh, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And not only did they say, nah, they basically said, all your people that you recommended ain't crap. (laughs) But yeah and and not only i mean and i say that to say like they literally went person by person and said Matt calkins his role as this company has a history of being unfriendly to shareholders blah 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 whatever like finkel no experience in leadership roles or corporate companies i get it he's got experience he's a good player he's passionate about our products not enough like marcelo fisher you have telecommunications experience But, like, what does it have to do for us in the gaming industry? You know, like, just literally just went person by person down the list. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say we need to support corporations or whatever, because I know they mess up. But you know what? We talk a lot about corporations not giving explanations, not saying why they for or against things. This is about as detailed as an explanation we ever got. And they went down the whole thing. Like, even before that, they talk about, like, values and things they want to do and, you know, they don't think, you know, they're putting Chris Cox in charge because of these other things. And they don't know if certain people would support him in his new position. And, like, they literally give a pretty detailed thing.
0: This is what TV tropes refer to as a the reason you suck speech. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they just went down the line like, no, not you, not you. There's no you're cool. Just not you, not you, not you.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, they even talk about, like, we have one of the most diverse boards on the S&P 500. We already are doing these things. We have this track record. We have uh, like so. I mean, this is one of the like to be fair. I mean, I'm I'm gonna just be real. Like, if you disagree with their decision, they're making it hard for you to argue against it. Like, for real. If you were a major shareholder in Hasbro, you'd get done reading this and be like, Okay, well, what kind of rebuttal am I gonna make to this? Yeah. And you ain't got a lot. Like, you'd be nitpicking to find something to justify wanting out to Fox and chart. So credit to Hasbro, man. We don't normally get this type of stuff out of corporations. No,
0: I, I went by the business desk in my travels and I don't remember ever seeing for, from one corporation to people investing in a corporate. No, nah, this is a total smack down.
1: Yeah. And this is like a, like, I mean, you got to scroll a little bit to read it. You've print this out. This is probably three or four pages. And they are detailed on a lot of stuff and like future plans, you know, what what growth looks like, you know, their recent additions already that they added to their board or to their higher ups and their C-suite. Like they checked all the boxes. So, I mean, I think this might be, th- th- you know, this comes back to what we said about Alta Fox, though, right? They kind of screwed up like you can't you threaten the company instead of saying like, hey. Numbers look good, but like we kind of see what's going on with Wizards of the Coast. We'd like to help out, making more money for y'all doing this thing. You know, we think we have expertise in here, whatever. Right, but instead they were like, "Well, y'all are kind of screwing up, and your numbers only look this way because of this." And we think if you broke this off, you'd see how crappy Hasbro is. But we'd make Wizards of the Coast make a lot more money. That's basically how they approached it. So you had to know Wizards and Hasbro were going to come out being defensive about it. So like you were already setting yourselves up. And then I think AltaFox's screwed up move that their calculated play that didn't work was they went to the gaming community and tried to make sure it was public and all these gaming sites, right? They, yeah. You know, that's you, you can line up your interviews and whatever and your statements yeah. and they sent it to all the sites and they, you know, whatever. And then they were touting Finkel as their main, even though they presented some other names, they were touting Finkel constantly. Just like, well, here's a name. People know the magic players will support this or whatever, but you didn't even get all the magic player support. So then what? Right? That's the part where they're like, ah, you didn't even get that groundswell of support. And really, what they weren't calculating is you were trying to convince a bunch of nerds that, well, I know you don't like this company, but why don't we put a hedge fund manager in charge of your favorite game?
0: Yeah, that's always a tough sell.
1: Right? Nothing against Finkel. Everything I've ever encountered him, any ever told uh, cool dude. But from a public standpoint, you're trying to convince people to... Be mad at a corporation and replace it with a hedge fund. Like, we're going to be happier about that? Like, if you'd have told me, hey, this person has a lot of experience, maybe you get somebody who's like, I don't know, an ex-CEO of like Gen Con or Origins or something or whatever and knows gaming and blah, blah, the business side. Okay, at least you can sell me on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's somebody who's into industry. They understand gaming. That's been their life for the last 20 years, whatever. Like, all right, then Maybe. But you can try to get us to trade one business for another and that's magically going to make us feel better. Like that ain't going to be a thing, especially coming off, you know, a couple of years of showing all these high numbers and everything else they've been doing. It's like yeah, that. Mm-mm. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're at the point that if Alta Fox makes another play here, it's just going to look bad. Just let it go. <laughs> enjoy your 2% in Hasbro and just make what little money you're going to make the next few years and just be good with it. Wait for the Transformers movie in 2023 and, ju- and just get paid. And then again in 2026. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. uh, By the way, the people that don't know, Hasbro makes bank in years they have Transformer movies. Yeah. Because it's not just the trans. because you get all the action figures and you get TV show stuff and cartoons get tie-ins and then you have all the shirts and other merchandise and like it's a whole that you know DVD well, the few DVD sales you used to get. Now it's just gonna be downloads or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But yeah, that was that was just something I found interesting. But we did get to do some fun things yesterday. We got to play some new capenna early access stuff. Well, you had the opportunity to, but you were otherwise busy. <laughs> so ended up we played uh i guess what did i put in yesterday i think i literally between all the playing the editing and everything i probably did about 16 hours yesterday Ooh. which is an, which is an absurd amount of time but yeah. but here's the thing this is why early access is both good and bad for creators i think it's good in the sense of like if you have a plan you can really benefit from it. Like up last night, I literally was taking all the decks I had and I was just doing quick deck techs. So I had the footage that I could attach to the gameplay and stuff throughout this week while I'm like stitching videos and stuff together because I was going to lose access to it at 8 AM this morning. Right. So let me get as much as I can right now. And then I have it for us a week. And I don't even have to play games now because I have all the footage from playing all day. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just turn those into videos. So awesome. The problem is I, I think there's two problems. Like one, you have every single person and their mom going, oh, how do I get to be in the early access thing, whatever. And they ain't put in any time to help promote the game, you know, but whatever. But beside that, you have these people who are were upset they no longer were part of the thing because they used to be. But once they took early access away, they didn't want to be a streamer anymore or whatever. And I was like, well, then why should you do it for this? Because what happens is, one, you're basically saying that without the product, nobody cares about me. Well, if that's the case, you need to rework on your branding, your presentation, whatever. Anyway, that's a whole separate problem. But what I saw is a lot of people who were streaming, but you still only got like 15 viewers. But it's because literally everybody was streaming at the same time. So if you draw well, you're going to keep drawing well. If you draw bad, you're going to keep drawing bad. Right. Because everybody's online at the same time, all doing the same thing. So if people get to choose, they're probably going to choose. Two or three of their favorites in the mid tier and they're going to choose one or two big streamers so they can see whatever cool deck top tier, whatever, you know, that's just the way it is. And I saw some people struggling and I'm like, yeah, that's about right. I mean, they're now granted their numbers are probably higher than a normal stream, you know, instead of being two to three people, they probably got 12 people and that's cool. But yeah. And like I said, most of them didn't even have a plan. You could tell, I, because I, I, being me, you know, I went out and researched. I'm like, hey, what are some of these smaller people doing? A bunch of them didn't even have overlays set up. You know, most, some of them were just playing their game, barely communicating with their chat. There's like, and this is, a, I don't even this this is a for real bad guy statement, but a bunch of people just don't even know they suck. I mean, just being real about it. Like, I, you see them complain. And I ain't going to call people out because I ain't going to do that. But you see some people complaining on social media. And I'm like, mm, this ain't a community problem. This ain't a Wizards problem. This is a you problem. But credit to Wizards because they did get a lot of people involved this time. I mean, I, I hopped into their Discord with people. And they had, it felt like a pretty good representation from every market they had. And I say this because they had all the different... uh sub-channels, I don't know what you call it in Discord, but the different servers, I guess, within it. But you had people, you know, they had English, Japanese, Russian, whatever. So you had people from all over. Actually, funny you say that. I don't think there was a Russian one. And probably for good reason. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I don't want to misquote that and get Wizards in Trouble. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a Russian one. There was English, Spanish, German, uh, French, Italian... Japanese, Korean, Portuguese. I think that was all of them. And that's a lot. But each one was active throughout the day. So they had a lot of people from each region. So for as many people said, like, ah, it sucks that some streamers didn't get to participate and whatever. Like, I do get that. But they did involve a lot of people. And (sighs) there does need to be a better system to get at least, bare minimum, if you're at least a mid-tier, or higher creator, streamer, whatever they should have a way to get you into their system and get you in you know if you have a podcast if you have a youtube channel whatever that or you stream regularly whatever. even if it's not to a huge audience i mean if you're drawing a mid-tier like you should be included now i get it that it was probably a last minute idea who knows it obviously is not something they did for the last like three sets i think four sets so I I kind of yeah because we
0: talked like right 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 before I didn't know I guess kind of any of the things that were going on So, like what what I guess what was the uh, clearly some changes were made I didn't know exactly what they were.
1: Here's here's my assumption, and I don't know this to be true. So this this these next like couple of minutes are just speculation. But it feels like with the changes and the new mechanics and everything else, I think they wanted to get at least a test. To say, okay, if we do the pre-release on Saturday, paper, which might be or may not be the new thing going forward, and we do an early access event on the Tuesday following, what does that do for the total numbers, right? Does it get more people excited because now they've seen the cards and they want to go watch all the streamers to learn what they need to get on Arena? And then we'll see this weekend, do a lot of people pick up Arena and immediately start crafting cards or whatever, right? Because now they've had a chance to get attached to them in paper from the pre-release, now they've seen their favorite people online play with them. Now that we hit them with the double dose of positive endorphins, does that create more sales for arena. Like that's one assumption because this is the only this is the first time we've done the early access for arena after people have had the cards in paper. So you don't really have anything to test or compare that to without doing it at least once. So which means we're probably going to do it again so you can compare. Was it a fluke one time or not, right? Because science says you got to do it again so you can compare results. The other thing is, too, maybe, and I don't know this, again, speculation, but maybe because of how some of these cards interacted and some of the weird mechanics, they said, you know what? Maybe we need to do early access. Let's get as many people involved so we can find as many bugs and give ourselves another 48, 72 hours to clean some of these up before they go public. Maybe they were a little behind. Maybe not. Maybe they're because, you know, they've been trying to get other cards integrated into Arena so they can get this Explorer stuff going and everything else. Maybe that messed up a timeline and they just wanted to make sure. Because we didn't even find out about the early accessing until like. I don't even know if it was a, was it two weeks out. I don't know if it was a full two weeks out. I feel like I got an email like maybe a week to 10 days beforehand. I could be wrong. Let me go. Ch- maybe if I check my email, I bet I have a thing. Um, but yeah, either way, it wasn't like normal where we knew way in advance. Yeah. So definitely was not that. Okay. So this email came on. No, that's not it. I was thinking there was something else. Uh, this came on the 20th. So it was a week ago that we found out about it. So it could have been a late stage planning thing. Which would make sense with the second speculative possibility, right? They're like, hey, we think we got this, but there's some stuff that feels a little weird. Why don't we get everybody involved? How fast can we knock this out? And then, and I will say, people were reporting bugs fairly quickly. They were responding to stuff very well. So as far as the execution of it, once everything was running, it was pretty good. We didn't have a problem with the download, at least from what I saw. Though it was only available on PC and not Mac. So that was a little bit of a problem for some people. But the fact that it was easy download, and I didn't see anybody that really had any major problems. Like I said, bug reports were going well. They made sure that everybody had named IDs this time because it seemed like somewhere in the process, like half the people would get them and half of them would just get like generic player 148 or whatever. This time, everybody had their user ID with like their name and VIP after it, which was pretty cool. So you knew who you were playing against, and you know you could reach out to the people afterwards. And I saw some of that on Twitter and on Discord or whatever, people were like, hey, man, it was fun playing against you. Oh, man, your deck was really sweet. You know, that sort of thing. So that was actually a positive, too. So credit to Wizards. And even for you, like I said, it was a last-minute thing. I reached out to them, got you access. Just in case you were free, you could hop on, and they were still able to accommodate that. So they were making efforts. for. So I get it. So for the people who were left out and were upset, I understand. But they did do a make a real conscious effort to take care of as many people as they could. It was brought to their attention and they were on top of it the day of. This honestly, for not doing it for a year, this was probably the smoothest early access event I participated in, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> top to bottom. I mean, I, and I don't know. Does that mean they learn stuff from it? Like, I, did they take feedback? I don't know, but eh, hard to hate on it. Hard to hate on it. But, we do have something we can hate on. All right, so we've talked about harassment on the show before, right? And this is nothing new. We know it's still out there. We have to keep combating it or whatever. But man, this one particularly stood out this week. And this comes from MTG Nerd Girl, who, full transparency, she's basically like the den mom for our uh, degenerate gaming group. But she posted, and I don't even know how much of this I should read out. Like, I will, I will cliff notes this one for people. But she's propositioned—is the actual term? Yeah. On on, on uh, March seventh, right? Guy reaches out and offers two racks. He says, "I got two G's for you if you'll model some lingerie for me," which is. Like she's she's very polite in her response. I'm not, I'm not gonna word for word, but she is. She basically says, "I'm flattered, but no, right, not my thing." Which it's not something you should just do to somebody you don't know or you don't know they're into that type of content. First off, but like I'll at least go, okay, dude, you asked. She said no. That's it. That that's yeah, literally that where the, whole the thing end of it, it right there. Yeah, that's where everything should stop. Like it's a it's a it's a bold and definitely dumb thing to probably even ask somebody but you asked she said no end of game right that's it end of story but he apparently thought I'll wait a month and then on April 6th which is almost exactly a month he says "Uh, I saw some stuff you posted how about you do something topless for me And and I'm like okay this, the idiocy here is one, again, you shouldn't, she shouldn't even have to deal with this, right? That's the first thing. But what in his right mind makes him think that, well, she said no to lingerie, but maybe she'll show me her boobs. You use the term right mind, and this is a,
0: where somebody, this person is not processing things rationally or normally.
1: Absolutely not. Like, I, I don't even, like, <laughs> Like, dude, really. Like, it's literally like he wrote his playbook backwards. Right? Like he he just instead of scaling down, he escalated. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the hell. And he, I don't know. Like, you know what? It's been about a month. Maybe I'll just ask now. And she'll show me more. Like, no. Yeah. She I, said no. Go
0: further with it. I
1: I just don't for real. I'm just like, where do people uh like I feel for all y'all ladies, films that got to deal with this for real. Just like, I just don't understand. I don't. And again, she was still polite. Like I would have for real blocked this dude. Like the first yeah, time I did uh-huh. it, if he goes away, he goes away. He, maybe he's a good member of the community. Doesn't ask again. Right. He takes no as an answer. You come back the second time. I wouldn't even have given you a response. So she's already done better than I would have done. She's like, this is a spot where I would say she is a better person than me in this scenario. But says, you know what? Not really my thing. Don't fuck up about it. But you know what? I know some magic creators that are into this. Have some OnlyFans. I can direct you to some people. So the dude was even given another solution. And said, you know what? I get it. You really want to see this? I know some people that would probably take some money from you to do this. And nothing wrong with that. I think those people that want to do it, great. Let them get paid. Hell, I'd do it if somebody wanted to pay me 2 G's. So whatever. (laughs) Like, cool. I got no shame. Don't hate them. But if somebody tells you no and they're not comfortable with that, that's it. They shouldn't have to tell you twice
0: to and even
1: more, <laughs> even more escalated request. Exactly. And then it goes a step further that sometime later he comes back and is like, mm, "Can you tell me how you groom down there?" Like, bro, what? <laughs> like Like, I'm doing everything I can to keep this a clean episode because, man, I got some words to use right now. But seriously, it's like, okay, she told you no to lingerie, but you were like, dare I say, bold enough to be like, well, I don't know. How about just something topless? She says no to that, offers to show, recommend you to some friends that will show you some stuff topless. And you're like, nah, I just want to know if the curtains match the drapes or whatever. Like, what the hell, man? (laughs) <laughs> like, seriously, what is wrong? Like, I
0: remember, you know, back long, long before I was married or before I even dated anybody. I remember being scared, even even to attempt to ask somebody out that I knew in person. So the, the, this level of boldness for somebody that a person that the guy doesn't even know is just beyond mind-boggling.
1: To dude, me. I've told you before, I was not born with the shame gene. I have no problem being told no, being rejected, whatever. But even for me, I'm like, yo, like, I couldn't imagine being told no, and then being a would you mind telling me something real quick? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just... like, what? Seriously? Like, come on, dude. Like, how is this? And, and being real, this isn't a thing that really happens to masculine-presenting people. I've had some, I had similar situations happen maybe twice in my life that stand out. One was somebody who had reached out, we'd exchange a couple messages or whatever, and then she was basically saying like, hey, you want to come over and get some? And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, I've seen a picture or two, and that's about it. And we've said like three things to each other. And then she started getting mad, like, well, then why'd you even respond if you weren't going to? I'm like, oh, all right, cool. You just saved me trouble. Awesome. Right. And insta block. The other was I was out and about with some friends and a chick comes up and is talking or whatever for like a minute. And then she hits me with the like, so you seen anybody where I'm like, yeah, you know, I got somebody or whatever. It's like, well, you know, I ain't going to say nothing if you don't. And I was like, whoa, what? No, I just told you, like, time out. (laughs) Like like, what? But you know what, though, in both cases. Now, the first one, I blocked her, so I don't know if she would have persisted. The second person was like, all right, cool. You ain't down like that. Got it. And she left. And that should be the interaction, right? You you shoot your shot. Even though I think some of them are ridiculous and you shouldn't say some of them. And there's some shots that shouldn't be shot, but whatever you took your attempt. The person says, no, you walk away. But I couldn't imagine, like, it sucks that we have people out here that have to deal with this. Trying to do their job or trying to do something fun or whatever, and just have idiots like this out in the world? Like, why is this even a thing?
0: And you talked about, you know, we. It, if you don't know the person, I would say don't shoot your shot. I'm just going to go out live here and say that the, the, the person, so someone you have never met before is not going to go out with you.
1: This may shatter some fantasies that you have, but it's just... Well, and here's another thing, too, because I was asking a few people, you know, leading up to the show and putting my notes together. And I discovered by accident that this is something that happens to artists a lot, like male or female, because they get people like, oh, could you do my character or do a thing of me doing this or looking like this or these two characters? And they're like. I do that kind of art, but like that, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Like, oh, well, I'll pay you more if you do ball. And I'm like, ah, so apparently that's a thing. That's another thing I didn't know about.
0: <sighs> yeah. So I didn't like, either. But then as soon as you described it, like, yeah, sadly,
1: I can yeah, absolutely see I mean, that happening. These people are. And I think my problem is kind of what Nerd Girl was saying, right? There are people that will gladly do this for you. There are people that will show you whatever you want to see. There are people that model certain things. There are people that will draw certain things. Why are you going to somebody who has never presented themselves as such, first off, and then once you ask, clearly told you they do not do that? Like, why not move on to the next option that clearly will give you what you want? Like, it, it, there's no reason to have to harass these other people who clearly 100% are not comfortable interacting with you in that way. Like, it it shouldn't be, like, it literally shouldn't even be a discussion. So, I, I, I don't know, man. This is why when people say, like, dudes are dumb, it's just like, I ain't got no defense, man. <laughs> like, seriously. I just go like, yeah, there's a bunch of idiots like this out in the world. This, this is what we're dealing with. Ugh. Now, something else that came up in a quick, I guess, Twitter discussion was somebody was making a comment about, like, entry fees and prizes and events or whatever and had mentioned video games in the process. And I kind of chimed in with, well, I don't know if you're aware, but, like, video games have some of the worst tournament entry to payout ratios or whatever of most things now at the top end they're great right if you make it to the top tier world championships of several of these games right prize pools are a couple million dollars right first you're going to go home with 500k plus a million plus whatever but if you go to a local event man i'm gonna tell you and this is what i posted on twitter and i had a couple people message me directly thinking like is that true like I, I, when I had my shop, we dabbled in running some video game tournaments for a little bit. And we had a day where I think we were setting up a Smash Brothers tournament and a Halo event. And I think Halo was like 3v3 and then Smash Brothers just had its own rules for, you know, 1v1 stuff. And I had multiple people leading up to the event for about, because I think we started promoting it like a month out. And it felt like every couple of days I had people either send me an email or come in the store or call us or whatever Asking us, well, are those prizes real, or is that thing there? Or I saw y'all were posting a thing about blah blah blah, and I was like, yeah, that's what we posted. Like, well, how are y'all going to do that? And I was like, what do you mean? We're going to take entry fees and we're going to pay prizes. Like, I don't, this, I don't like. I'm confused by your question. Well, like, yeah, but the, there's no way you can give away that much or whatever, and make any money. I'm like, no, my math says we can very well do this. I don't, I don't understand. Right, and it literally was like this for like weeks, and I'm like, what's going on with people? You know, literally I had people posting that like. Well, Game Claws is posting this thing, but it might be a scam, so you need to... I'm like, why? Who says why? What? And, and, and to me, it's normal, right? Like, nothing we did was any different than any of the myriad of other games, tournaments, <laughs> events, whatever we did, right? So there's literally nothing... I am not processing why people are confused by this. Well, so yeah, I guess I,
0: when you're used to getting scammed...
1: So I, <laughs> you just... so I start doing these this deep research so i start talking to people like hey what was the last tournament you went to like let me see if i can find some stuff online let me talk to some of the people who ran it or whatever well then you find out some of these video game tournaments take like some of them for real we're taking like 70 percent rake like if you paid a 10 dollar entry fee three dollars might go to the prize pool like i crazy numbers right? And they were doing them like I was running them in my store. I had plenty of room. So there was no overhead for venue fees or whatever. We just paid an extra employee to be there, help kind of organize stuff, you know, get people up and down or whatever. But that was just crazy to me. And then people are coming in and just like surprised. Because as it turns out, there's tournaments out here where you're paying anywhere between 10 and 20 bucks. Sometimes first prize is getting a hundred, $200. Second might get a peripheral of some kind you know a controller or whatever maybe a new video game or something and sometimes third if you're lucky to get a gift card to the store you might get a handshake <laughs> and i'm like y'all drove two hours to pay money for a thing that started at 11 a.m finished at two or three in the morning and you still had to. so you put pay- you paid money to go to a crappy venue with poor organization that was ran terribly and had terrible prizes I get what out. you th- I get why you think what I'm doing is a scam. <laughs> like I literally said that out loud to a guy. I was like, I get it. Like this looks so unbelievable to y'all because somebody with actual expertise that isn't raking you over the coals is giving you real prizes in a real venue with people who know what they're doing to run a tournament. When you're used to being cheated, honesty looks like a scam <laughs> for real. But I, but dude, I didn't know. And it was, so I've had to explain that to people that, and I get it because if you're not in, in the video game community entrenched, you see the stuff at the upper end and you're like, oh man, video game tournaments make so much money and they're so big yeah. and they give so much money to the players and blah, all this. Right. But for whatever reason, the local level stuff is not like that at all. Like, I even went online and there's YouTube stories and stuff of people that are into, like, these fighter game tournaments and stuff where they're, like, traveling and they have to, like, four or five people sleep in a dude's basement or whatever because there's no prize money, really, even in these tournaments they're going to to help afford even, like, a Motel 6 or whatever. And I'm just like, why? Why are y'all traveling and groups that go to these things and supporting this? This is garbage. Why? Why? So when people complain about like magic entry fees, I was like, hell, even when the entry fees got high at Grand Prix and Magic Fest and stuff in the past, at least you're getting like goodie bags. You're getting like exclusive play mats and whatever stuff you're getting to walk away with things that have actual retail value, like video game stuff. Like you, you might maybe, I mean, if you're lucky, they might serve lunch. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's nothing. It's crazy. But yeah, I don't know, Brian, what's your experience been with video game stuff?
0: I mean, I've, I've seen exactly the scenario that you described. So nothing especially when you didn't talk about your experience trying to run a tournament, giving away good. And now that I think about it. I drove to a – I'm going to date myself, please. I drove to an overpower tournament from Louisiana to Georgia. It wasn't even – there was no prize for it. It was just they were still having tournaments for overpower, and we couldn't find one in Shreveport. So there was my thing. (laughs) Just to get to actually play the game with other people inspired me to drive halfway across the country.
1: Well, that's fair. You You at least had an excuse.
0: You know, but like, I I think the same thing may apply to some of these people. Like, if there's nobody running Smash tournaments within, you know,
1: 10 minutes of you. I mean, I guess, but these, but you know how Texas, I mean, we're talking about like Austin, Waco, San Antonio, Dallas, whatever. Like, there were tournaments all over. And these are popular games. And I'm just like, why are y'all, y'all are letting people just take advantage of you? Don't get me wrong. I've been on the business side. Like, you got to make your money or you can't keep doing the events. I totally understand that. But, Hell, at least where y'all are at, y'all have that, like, Arlington eSports venue that used to be the Arlington Convention Center, right? Like, y'all at least can go there, and you at least know where the money's going, right? It's going into a nice venue, and it's keeping it upkept, and, you know, big presentation, and they're showing stuff online. And, like, so, okay, cool. So, if you're not getting big prize money for that, it makes sense. But if you're going to play in somebody's, hell, somebody's store, I was going to say store, but some of them are, like, shacks, because they Mm -hmm. don't upkeep them. Right, like where's that money going? We're just gonna have
0: a whole episode one time with like the quad Daquan, cri- Daquan critiques events. <laughs> oh, dude. I got stories. Y'all y'all want story like Man, let me tell you, I was just just drafted to call out to some terrible events. I do research beforehand. Oh, it was just five you terrible even, events. I just, like
1: I could start, I could just rewind back to 1997 and work my way forward of just <laughs> events we have played. in. dude, I you no lie, we have played it some at at race car tracks. We have played some, literally played. In, oh man, I got to tell this story sometime. But here is a cliffhanger, like a teaser. Played an event where literal wet ceiling tiles fell off the ceiling <laughs> and the venue did not have a plumbing issue. I will let y'all work that one out. Oh boy! <laughs> like, so I have been in some bad venues and played in some bad events. Trust me. I have been around, but yeah, it's funny though. Like I just wanted to bring that up. Like a lot of people I think take for granted that video game tournaments have these huge prizes and stuff, but even online, there's some that run events online that they don't have great payouts. You know, and they, granted those are fifty cents to three dollar, five dollar entry fees. So it's not like they're big entry fees, but even for what you're putting in, you're not getting that much out. You know, so it's it's very interesting just how different it is at the top level versus the bottom level. And I think a lot of people just don't know that. So that's why I think when you see people who are in the know, and we would compare, well, the entry fee for magic stuff, it seems like a lot, but you know, you're getting all these things and the prize yeah. money, you know, prize pools, whatever, like $250,000 or whatever and blah, 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 Like, okay, cool. It makes sense. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of people. There's vendors. There's all this other stuff, right? It's a big event, but a lot of video game tournaments aren't like that. Even the midsize ones that happen at conventions and stuff are just, you know, the players, some number of games and the TVs and whatever all set up your announcer booth and maybe one or two local companies with some like retro games they are selling or something. And that's about it. There aren't
0: like I think think in a lot of cases because there are so many young people involved. Remember when you were young, you thought twenty dollars was a a near infinite amount of money. I think when the majority of the player base has not crunched the numbers in terms of you know how how little, how little they're getting for. Because I I think you almost had to be a certain age before you value your money or your time properly. Has been my experience.
1: I do think that to some extent. You know, but when you do see a fair amount of like twenty-year-olds, college kids, or whatever, it's still like you already don't have a lot of money, and you're trying to. But I like the only thing. Not I can,
0: everybody reaches that realization at the same age. That's true too. There, 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 there are people at nine or ten who are far better at doing that calculus than so many twenty and ups that I know. That's
1: that's true. That's very true. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I don't know, man, but I get it. Like magic tournaments did get expensive and stuff for a while and they were a little high. Don't be wrong. They were a little high, but comparatively the, your possibility on return was much higher and you were normally getting access to an event that had a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, it had like five or six artists you can get stuff signed from, you know, you had cosplayers you can take pictures with, you know, like check the boxes, right? There's a bunch of things. You had vendors you could buy, sell, trade with. Plus the actual tournaments all on the side and whatever. You don't have a lot of that at the video game. Like, video game tournaments a lot of times are literally just the tournament. They aren't a, an event. you know. And I think that's the biggest difference. But, yeah, just something we kind of want to talk about and put on the radar. Because I don't think a lot of people really know. But let's wrap things up today. Talking about a little bit of the silliness on social media here. Uh, and at the dinner table. Because... You know, I mentioned, what was it, two weeks ago that I just got through watching the the Falcon and Winter Soldier and that awesome speech he had at the end, you know, calling out the politicians and all that, which I still think great speech. Something that needed to be said on a major movie and the way it was presented was well done. And coincidentally, I saw somebody I wish I would have kept the link so I could read the exact quotes to some of these tweets that were in there. But They had posted about like, oh, man, this speech was so good. I'm glad somebody actually said this stuff. This is how a bunch of people are feeling. And then it was followed by a bunch of knuckleheads basically complaining about a bunch of stuff that was literally the stuff he pointed out that was wrong with things. And I'm like, how are people able to be so dense? That you're literally going to complain about it, like even started out with like, well, they just made a black Captain America, blah blah blah, and like you realize that's the first thing he pointed out. They're like, people are going to have a problem with me being black Captain America. I can see and feel the stairs right now. They're you like, we are those know. people? <laughs> literally the first <laughs> thing she said, and I'm like, bro, like, and I, I and honestly, they were so tone deaf. I thought some of them were just trolling. I really did at first. So I'm like, literally, you're just going to uh, and I thought person was like, just going to go through the speech and just take a shot at every single thing trying to be funny. But I'm like, nope, these people were dead serious. And I'm like, man, you wonder why they feel the need to make statements like this and say things like this as like because people like you still exist in the world. Like and, and I guess, Brian, what I want to ask you is like, How do you take those statements when you see them? Like, and and like, do you consider responding or like, how do you internalize something like that?
0: I I feel like if they're asking a genuine question, like they really don't understand, I will engage. If I feel like they're just trolling or playing devil's advocate, I'll often just, you know, let it go. That's fair. But, but if somebody I feel like actually is, is, is you know, I don't, I, I don't understand why, why this, and, I, and I've had the, several of those conversations before. One, one of them that uh, I think uh, I'm trying to think of the last time. Well, I, I mean, I had a situation one time where somebody said like, Hey, you know, for example, can you show me an, an, an incident where the quote unquote Liberal media actually said something positive about President Trump. And I immediately found a clip of Van Jones, you know, saying that Trump had done something positive and possibly revolutionary on prison reform. And they said, oh, okay, my bad. Didn't see that. You know, yeah. They were asking a legitimate question. I I gave them a legitimate answer. And, you know,
1: they. Yeah, but it's kind of like. Coincidentally, I think earlier today, Ben S. actually posted something about like, well, you know, you got to have opposing views and, you know, people just think the opposing view is always bad. And I was like, ah, some of them are bad, though. Yeah. <laughs> like It's one thing to just be like, you don't agree with me, so I'm going to be mad. But like when you're like, ah, maybe we shouldn't punch Nazis. I'm like, oh, no, maybe we should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a difference. Like, if I say. I don't really care for vanilla ice cream. And you're like, ah, oh, vanilla ice cream is the best. Okay. For me to go like, no, you're an idiot and you have no taste buds. Cause you like vanilla. Like that's stupid. Yeah. Right. That's a harmless thing. It doesn't affect anybody. It's totally okay. But just because you disagree with me, I'm going to just say you're a bad guy. Right. But when the thing you d- believe in or want to support literally can cause people to get four forward out here, like like uh you know things you believe in might unalive somebody like that's a problem like there's no defense for it like you can't be like ah, well this is okay no it's not okay that's gonna lead to people dying it's gonna lead to people committing suicide it's gonna lead to people not being able to get medical care not be able to see their loved ones whatever like those are real problems yeah but to Say, like, oh, to to both sides, those, yeah, Yeah. like, but to be so dense, to be mad, like, if somebody's bringing up a thing and your first instinct is to be like, oh, well, let me get defensive about it, like, that says more about you than them. Because if you're gonna have any level of empathy, right, and somebody's gonna say, like, hey, this is a problem and this is really affecting a lot of people, you should at least take a second to stop and consider it. It's like, okay, again, what we brought up on the show, right? There's some things that we are not exposed to because we're not in other social groups or genders or whatever. There are some things we're exposed to that other people aren't. One of the main reasons we have the show. And there's people who've, even throughout the show, when we've done this, there have been people said, man, I don't know if I'm even your target audience. I don't know if you're speaking to me or not, but like, I appreciate that I'm learning things because I didn't know these were things. That's the whole reason we have the show, right? That we can talk about things that people just don't see for whatever reason, either you're not connected to the right people or you don't have people in your sphere of life or whatever. And it gives you a chance to analyze other things. And now if you take that information away and you still disagree, cool. But at least now you have some facts. Yeah. The same way that when we talk about here, and we're trying to defend women or transgender people or whatever, right? Like, this comes from saying like hey we're not part of those groups but I see these people posting about it. I these people yep. have reached out and talked to us about it or whatever. So we at least have to discuss it or at least consider that it's a real problem because people in those spaces you know like I said I I was at a couple of different events and when I hear multiple women talk about a thing that don't know each other in separate events my brain has to go like hey maybe this is a real problem. It's not even like one or two people are complaining. You know what I mean? Like So to just be like, ah, these women are just soft or whatever. Like, how dumb are you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and that's sort of what it felt like watching people respond to the speech. Of just like, not only are you ignoring this stuff, like you literally just, you are the problem he's talking about. Like at its core, you are literally the issue he's talking about, but you're too dumb to see it.
0: And in comic books throughout history, Captain America has always been the character that called out that BS. Whoever was wearing the mask or carrying the shield at the time.
1: Yeah. The whole purpose of Captain America is basically to defend the defenseless.
0: Yeah. There have been multiple times in the comic book when Captain America no longer felt America stood up for the ideals he believed in and he became someone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still think, like, that's the crazy part. Like, People will defend, like, ah, well, Steve Rogers, blah, blah. I'm like, you obviously have not read this comic book. <laughs> you know nothing about this character outside of, like, four Avengers movies or whatever. Yeah. Like, there have been whole arcs, like, you know, man without a country. <laughs> you know, yep. where this is- and that's basically the character saying, look, y'all aren't doing right by the people for all these reasons. And so I no longer am going to wear, you know, the stars and stripes or whatever. And I think people just, for whatever reason, just want to hold on to their belief, their ideal, and don't want to open up their minds at all. And that's tough, man. That's tough. But, yeah, I honestly, if you haven't seen it, I genuinely believe, like, even if you don't get it, I would watch that speech two or three times and take it to heart. Because I guarantee you, there are people you know that may not have expressed those exact words that that speech spoke to them. Yep. And I tell you, like, I'm not even joking. When I almost stood up off my couch and clapped. Like, I mean, I was like, yep, all that. Everything he said, <laughs> like that whole thing. It's about three minutes. Totally worth it. Every word.
0: That There's a reason that Superman, who has every superpower known to humankind, his archenemy is not General Zod or Darkseid. His archenemy is Lex Luthor. Because Lex Luthor uses money and within reason... He colors inside the political lines. Lex does so much stuff that doesn't require evil. He just does, hey, zoning laws. There's so much you can do just for understanding zoning
1: laws. It's true, though. And other such things. It's true. He's manipulating money and the governments to get what he wants. He does
0: so much stuff that is evil,
1: but completely legal. Yep. 100%. Well, all right. On that note, Brian, why don't you tell everybody they can find you on social media? All right. I
0: am Brian Sonic on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After.
1: And you can find me just about everywhere at PowerDragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. And if you follow me over on the YouTube, there is going to be a ton of new Capenna content coming. So be sure to check that out. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family because there's still COVID spikes happening out there. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.